Big trade in Anaheim as the Ducks acquire Coder Gautier, and I have a special guest to talk all about that trade on this edition of Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Your Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez. I've been covering hockey for well over a decade. Also the public address voice for the Coachella Valley Firebirds. And today's episode, my fine feathered friends, is brought to you tonight by the GameTime app. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. I am joined today by the one and only, and I always pronounce this wrong, so I'll let you introduce yourself, because... <laughs> Hi. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Hi, I'm Hattie Kalakash. I'm Kalakash. the host of Locked... Exactly. I'm the host of Locked On NHL Prospects, along with Sebastian High, who couldn't be here today. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited to talk some Cutter Goche and uh, Anaheim Ducks overall. You guys have a great prospect pool. <laughs> we'll be very good in two years. I, I oh, yeah. promise. But as I've told the Ducks fans since October, have patience. Have lots of patience. Uh, but let's get into the big news because this came out of nowhere somewhat. Because, I mean, I didn't see it coming as far as Anaheim side. Philly side, we did see this coming. So let's get into it. The trade itself. The Anaheim Ducks acquired Cutter Gauthier, one of the, or actually the top prospect from the Philadelphia Flyers, in exchange for Jamie Drysdale and a 2025 second round pick. So first, let's talk about the trade itself. This came out of nowhere, but it also didn't. So can you talk about that for a hot second? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Carter Goche on draft day, um, according to reports, told Daniel Breer that he wanted to be a flyer. And a couple months later, he wasn't really taking calls. He wasn't really interested in signing, not really showing much interest in being in Philadelphia. So immediately, Briar got on the phone and started kind of shopping him around, seeing where he can get him a fit. Um, at the 2023 NHL draft uh, table, uh, during draft day one, um, he had a deal set up with the Montreal Canadiens for the fifth overall pick of the 2023 NHL draft. They wanted David Reinbacher, uh, and Kent Hughes said no. So that trade uh, went to sea, and then... Now we're here, uh, but this has been a long time coming on Philly's side. They've been trying to find a good fit for Kadogoji, so they don't just lose him after his his NCAA tenure. They want him to play in a market. They wanted to get something back for him, and I think that this works out for both teams. Um, but yeah, I was I was really surprised that this happened today. I was expecting either trade deadline yeah. or at at the twenty twenty four draft table, something like that. But we got it on a random day in January, so I guess everyone's happy, right? I mean, this is a win-win as far as I'm concerned because this fits, yeah. this fits Philadelphia. And I actually just got done watching the Flyers-Penguins game as we're recording this. And I could see where Jamie Drysdale would fill some kind of role. I could see him possibly, maybe first line. I know Flyers fans would want to see him on a first line. But I could see him probably second line at the moment. Mm-hmm. But I know we could talk about that a little bit later because, you know... What? Where will Jimmy Drysdale play? Why Jimmy Drysdale? We'll talk about that in a second. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk about the Cutter Gautier. Actually, this is it's, it's still weird. I'm still processing this. By the way, as everyone here is. By the way, oh my, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah. it's a strange situation. I'd say. Um, you know, like I said, I didn't expect this to happen today. 
Um, and the Flyers of all teams, I uh, the, the the Ducks of all teams. I mean, you guys have a lot of really really good prospects. But looking at the fit and the need on on Philly's side, they were looking for a prospect defenseman back in some sh- way, shape, or form. Um, and Jamie Drysdale kind of fits that bill, obviously. But overall, I mean, Cutter Gauthier has a quality to him that really fits within what the um, what, what the Anaheim Ducks are trying to build. You know, right. you've already got your Trevor Zegerses, your your you know Mason McTavish. You know, Leo Carlson is looking really really good and yeah, should end up being a hurts. top center. Yeah, you know, in, in, in the games that he's played, and I really like what the Ducks have done with Carlson. You mm-hmm. rarely see this. He's either not playing or playing 18 to 20 minutes a night, which fits a lot with what a, an SHL schedule would look like over in Sweden in the pro leagues. They don't play as many games as the NHL. They play 30, 40 games, right. something in that range. Um so this is kind of emulating what Carlson would be playing at the SHL level as a as a top six forward, right? You know, having five, six days rest between games, playing about 30 to 40 games in the season. Um, I found that really, really interesting in terms of what um, what Anaheim's doing with him. And again, I've never seen this before, the prospects. So in terms of how Anaheim manages our prospects, full trust in them. I agree with that. I mean, I agree for the most part with most of their prospects with one or two exceptions. And yeah. I think talking about Leo Carlson, the way they brought him up has been somewhat frustrating for Ducks fans because there are certain games where you thought he would have fit better in who they're playing or who they're playing against. Yeah. And in the games he's played, I think he's been solid. I mean, already coach Greg Cronin has already put trust in Leo Carlson by putting him at times on the top power play unit, by the way. You don't yeah. see that too often from an 18, 19-year-old, much less a 20-year-old. Yeah. And he's been flourishing in his role in Anaheim, you know, playing with guys like Zegris. You know, when you saw Carlson and Zegris on the same line, they worked their magic pretty well. And even with all the injuries they've had, you've had Carlson kind of move around once Z was out, once Terry was out. And I feel like Carlson has developed into just put me anywhere, put me at center, put me at wing. He's thrived in each position for being so young, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. And I can get into kind of what makes him so good. I mean, he, I mean, he's he's a supreme playmaker. His understanding of the game is high end. He he manages left right plays extremely well. He's really good at taking boards, uh, pucks off the board into the middle. These are qualities that usually come with a lot of time. Carlson plays an extremely mature game for a player's age. Um, but like I said, I think it's really about patience and slowly but surely ramping up the qual the, the the level. I mean, the the volume and and quality of the games that he's going to be playing. Because you know, I think what they're really trying to do here is emulate what he would you know be doing in the SHL, which is playing a game a week, a game a you know maximum two with a good five six days of rest. Um, I don't think it's much to do with the level of competition i think it's really just about giving him a slow ramp up and play because he's been playing 30 to 40 um games a season for the past like two three years it's something his body's gotten used to and if you try to play him more it can lead to injuries so i think you know the the, the injury he got um i don't have much details on that um but you know it, it's it's something you, you usually avoid by keeping a player like that in a in a in a structure that he's comfortable with. And if a player's playing 30 to 40 games a season, play him 30 to 40 games his first rookie season. He's clearly good enough for the NHL, but just start with 30, work your way up to 45, 60, and by year four, he's a full-time NHLer. But 
you know, putting him, you know, throwing him into the the the, the mouth of the wolf, it, it's not really gonna. It, it can do more harm than good, and, and his injuries can get more and more frequent and more severe. So that, that's the main concern with Carlson, right? I mean, Ducks fans remember this injury very well because this was when um, Mackenzie Weger, he accidentally fell on Leo Carlson's leg. And the uh, fear yeah. the fear at the time was we thought like he tore his MCL or tore one of his knee ligaments. Something, yeah. Luckily, it was a sprain, so he's only out four to six weeks. He should be mm-hmm. back probably after the All-Star break. Luckily... Yeah, And he was on pace to play about two-thirds of his games, which is around 50 to 55 games, which I think would have been perfect for him this season. Yeah. And I think what the Ducks need to do is kind of bring him back slowly because he is still developing. He is still young, so they got to be careful about that. Absolutely, but, yeah. Um, going back to Gautier before we head to the first intermission, um, talk about just his playing style in general, especially coming off of World Juniors. I, I can go for five minutes on this. You want me to get started right now? Like uh, we, we can, we can. Are you saying we, we should take? We should take. Should we take a break first? In that case, perhaps. I think that might be the better, the, the better idea. Oh. Just because I, I don't, I don't want to go fourteen minutes into one segment. <laughs> It'll be a struggle for you. All right, so we'll do this then. We'll head to the first intermission now, and we'll talk more about Cutter Gauthier, his play at World Juniors, including that game-winning goal against Finland, baby. Because I love that. Yeah, we'll get to that on the other side. Now a brief word from FanDuel. That's right. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. And the NFL regular season is done. But there is still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet in time for the NFL playoffs. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. And the app is super easy to use because you can bet using live same-game parlays, finds bets in the new Explore tab, and make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, including who's going to win those wildcard matchups Saturday and Sunday and Monday, by the way. Yeah, we have Monday playoff football and so much more. Can you believe we have Monday night playoff football, Hottie? I can't. <laughs> so visit FanDuel.com slash on and make your first bet a touchdown. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL and the official sports betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. Please, folks, gamble responsibly. Okay, let's talk for five minutes, as you said, (laughs) about the master playmaker and the gold medal winning Cutter Gauthier from, say it with me all, USA, you. <laughs> oh yeah, had to do I mean, it. He, he is amazing. He he's. I mean, he's fun. I, I I still see a top six forward, and not everyone's on the same page in the scouting world regarding that. There are some tendencies that can turn some scouts off, and I definitely see it. You saw it especially in the first half of those World Juniors. Carter Gochi is a very trigger happy forward he loves to shoot the puck thank god absolutely the only issue is it can come to the detriment of um some better plays there was a specific play that actually screenshotted and put on twitter where he took a short side shot on on the power play on a goalie who was cheating on the short side so he's already looking that way with the shoulder covering the short side that's where he chose, chose to shoot but not only that there were two open players in the slot 
um, ready for a tip in or a rebound or that kind of thing. So it it can work to his disadvantage, but overall, what I really like about Karagoche is he's such a versatile offensive weapon. He's not just a shooter. He's not just a goal scorer. He has a playmaking touch that when he chooses to execute on those passes, when he sees them, identifies them, and decides to go for it, fantastic playmaker. And that offensive versatility is not just in terms of his playing style, but also the positions he can play. He can play both wings and center, which is going to be really, really helpful for the Ducks because you guys have a logjam at center in terms of prospects. Mm -hmm. I mean, Leo Carlson, Trevor Zegras, uh, Mason McTavish, and uh, Cutter Goche, of course. All four of those guys can play center, but all four of them have also played wing and done it very, very well. So that offers you a lot of versatility in terms of where you can play guys. You can play them on the strong side. If a player's better at taking face off from the left circle versus the right, you can have a pair of quote-unquote centers on each line who can mm-hmm. then take face-offs intermittently or that kind of thing. So not only that kind of versatility is really helpful for the for, for what Anaheim is looking to build, but also the stylistic versatility where if he's playing with Trevor Zegras, he mm-hmm. can occupy that goal-scoring role and be a very, very, very good one. Yep, and I want to point out, because you mentioned that he's more trigger-happy, Trevor Zegras at times is not trigger-happy enough. I've mm-hmm. seen at least at least five, maybe more, examples this season where he definitely could have been shoot first or he has a wide open shot and does not take it. It was more maddening last season, and one in particular that still drives me nuts, a game against the Pittsburgh Penguins last season where Mm -hmm. Trevor Zegers had a wide open net in overtime, or actually it wasn't wide open, but it was a breakaway, did not take the shot. Yep. And opted to pass it behind him. The Ducks wound up losing the game in overtime, if you recall that last season, all of, I think, 11 months ago now. <laughs> and and now you bring in someone stylistically like Cutter Gauthier, who I think could be the yin to the yang for Zegras, because Zegras stylistically is more pass-first, but Zegras likes to create on the rush, but also Zegras likes to create behind the net. That's his bread yeah. and butter, is the Wayne Zegras area, and from what I've seen from Cutter Gauthier, he's more aligned on the wings, and he yeah. plays more um, in that kind of off-slot area. Yeah, absolutely, especially on the power play. That's mainly where you're going to see him is, is manning the half wall. Um, Gauthier has been playing center at Boston College and played center at the World Juniors, but I've always seen him as a better fit on the wings, mainly because of his style. Um, you mentioned him being kind of the yin to the, the, yin to the yang of Trevor Zegers. I also see him as a fantastic fit for, for Mason McTavish because, like I said, stylistic versatility. If he you know if he's if he's plays beside Zegers, he can shoot the puck and do it really well and be that goal scorer on that line. But if he's playing with a Mason McTavish, who's a really really good goal scorer, he can make yep. plays. He can pass the puck. He can distribute, move into space even play a power forward role if he's placed with a Leo Carlson. Those two can wreak havoc down low. Like, there are so many different styles that that uh, that Gauthier can play in, in, in various um, situations with the same level of quality and efficiency, which is really what makes him so good. Next season will be really interesting because I don't think that Coach Greg Cronin is going to break up the fantastic line of Strom, McTavish, and Vitrano. That's been by far the best line for the Ducks this season. So yeah. I don't see that being broken up yet. But next year during training camp, I think it's going to be really interesting to see if Cronin decides to pair up McTavish with Gauthier. I think, to your point, if you have those two on a line together, or at least on the power play, that could be very potent. 100%. And, you know, 
Goche, like I said, he, he can you can place him anywhere. He can even play on the penalty kill. He can he's he's decent enough defensively. Not overwhelmingly good, but he can he can hold his own. So there's so many different things that he can do. And and Ducks fans should absolutely be excited about this prospect. Like I said, I see him as a top six winger long term and definitely more of a complementary piece than a central piece on any line. He's not gonna be driving play as efficiently in transition. He's not gonna be holding the puck for long. He's mainly gonna be the type of guy you play off of. Uh, if you have a Travis Eakers or a Leo Carlson in your lineup, those two yeah. I think are great, great fits. Absolutely, you guys, you, you guys are, are spoiled for choice here. Or a Troy Terry, or a Troy Terry. Maybe. People for, why people not? forget about Troy Terry. Sorry, two-time All-Star Troy Terry. Don't sleep on him, <laughs> folks. Yeah, and what's well, I think what would be really interesting long-term would to, would be to see a line of Goche, Zegers, and Terry because Terry's your sharpshooter, is the type of guy who can fire from anywhere, put it in the back of the net, find a find a postage stamp size uh, hole in the, in the top corner and shoot it. You've got Trevor Zegers, who's fantastic down low, who's really good at playmaking and can can do that ridiculous Michigan. I mean, he's I often joke that he's more dangerous with a shot from behind the net Five than in front of it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just it's ridiculous. And then you have Cutter Goche who's your power forward element on that line. If you give him that role, he'll play it perfectly. He's got the frame, he's got the physicality, he's got the mindset for it. He's constantly constantly overwhelming defensemen along along the side of the net um or, or along the boards rather he's constantly pushing down low getting around opponents um muscling them off and driving the net that's the type of style that you get from goche it's meat and potatoes but it works extremely well with the right setting and i think that the ducks have all the pieces in order to make the right setting for goche and if you do he's like i said he, he's a complimentary piece don't expect him to be the, the game breaker but you place him with the right guys you can make one of the best lines in the NHL. Which I think, it's why I don't have McTavish and Gote on the same line together, because they're both kind of the same kind of player, so I wouldn't put them in the same line. But I like the idea of putting him with a Terry and with a Zegris, because, yeah. you know, Terry down down the wing, he drives play a little bit more. He attracts defenders, or he's had a tendency to attract two defenders on him at all times. Yeah. Zegris, who you cannot leave alone behind the net, and... The creativity of Zegras can really help a player like Cutter Gote, possibly on the left side. He said he could play any wing. Mm-hmm. That could be a very strangely potent line. Absolutely. Which now begs the question. We talked about Zegras. We talked about Terry. Then we talked about McTavish. I mean, I talked about six forwards. And in my mind, I just realized that I left Leo Carlson out, who I would also yep. want to see on the top six. Mm-hmm. So now there's that big think, log jam. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great fit with Mason McTavish. If you can, if you can have them alternating faceoffs um, on a second line, or even make that your top line with a Frank Vitrano short term, I think those kind of, those types of things work really, really well. Um, but yeah, overall, I think that Goche will find a spot because he always does. Like I said, you can place him in any situation; he'll make it work. And even if he's placed with Carlson and McTavish, that could be your power forward line. Three guys who can work well down low, who, are, who can play physically, who can handle their own, who can play defensively, um, and score some goals. Like there, there are so many combinations now that that Goche's in this mix. Um, and I think it won't be long before he signs a contract with the Ducks because, oh yeah, you know. He's he's paid his dues in the NCAA. He's one. Of, he's he's the best player on Boston College on most nights. Um, even if again he's still a complimentary piece on his line, he's the best complimentary piece you could possibly have at Boston College. So I don't think he has much to learn at that level. Um, maybe half a year in the AHL, work him up. Why not? We'll, we'll see about that. I mean, I have my own concerns about him being in the AHL as a black ace because the goals yeah. are terrible. 
But Makes that, sense. that's another topic for another day. Um, before we head to the second intermission, just briefly talk about his time in Boston College so far. Yeah, um, it, was, it was a great run. Uh, now he's even more well-surrounded. He's got Gabe Perot, Will Smith, and Ryan Leonard to play with. Uh, he's got Jacob Fowler and Nett. It's going to be a really, really good season for him over in Boston College as they finish up here. Um, I would not be surprised to see those guys push for a uh, uh, for an NCAA championship. I mean, they've got the skill for it, and Boston College is looking like a wagon this year. So yep. expect them to maybe uh, add, some, uh, add some silverware and uh, then hit the ground running and, and the pros. Ooh, we'll see about that. All right, we're going to head to the second intermission, and we'll talk a little bit more about Cutter Gautier and also why Jamie Drysdale. Yes, I know on the rundown it's reversed, but we'll, we'll get to that on the other side. Now a brief word from the GameTime app, probably my favorite app that I've used, and I don't know why I have that one, but uh, the GameTime app where you can get $20 off your first purchase from GameTime. And Hattie, I've used the app several times i don't know if you've used it yet but so if i yeah yeah you can get last minute tickets at low prices guaranteed they even have flash deals the ducks next game home game is going to be a long way away but you can get tickets to see the new york rangers by the way also a wagon for about 30 40 bucks that seems cheap doesn't it mm-hmm. so if you haven't used the game time app yet what are you all waiting for take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time download the app create an account and use code locked on for twenty dollars off your first purchase it should be locked on don't know why i don't have that terms apply again create an account and redeem code l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n for twenty dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast. Now we're joined once again by Hadi Kalakesh from Locked On NHL Prospects. It's my job to pronounce names correctly. There we go. You got it right. That's still great. still my favorite off topic, my favorite name to announce just for the difficulty and trying to get it right. Shakir Makmadulin. Oh yeah, it's 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 a mouthful. Uh, too many <laughs> syllables in that last name. There's just yeah, it's it's a rough time. How did you pronounce his name the first time you saw it? It's Muhammad Uh I, I have, yeah, I have the luck of of uh, being Arab, and um, he's from a region that is um, that is Muslim in origin. So I, I, I'm used to those sounds. It's 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 a type of thing I, I've heard before. So yeah. How do you say that one more time? Muhammad Ulan. Muhammad Ulan. I yeah, think. Exactly. Okay, I think the. Barracuda are coming to town pretty soon, so yeah. I need to make sure I get that right when the Ooh <laughs> Barracuda come to town in Coachella Absolutely. Valley. Absolutely, I'm lucky that I haven't had to say his name yet on the PA. <laughs> so far, <laughs> might yeah. not happen this time. Uh, Muhammad, oh god, okay, it's a tough one. Muhammad Dolan, Muhammad Dolan, exactly. I'm going to pin that <laughs> when Muhammad Dolan comes to town in Palm Desert. <laughs> Or yep. next year for the All-Star Game, assuming he's not Why a not? San Jose Shark. But we could talk <laughs> about that after afterwards. Yeah. Um, final kind of like little query on Cutter Gauthier. You said this has been in the works. He didn't want to play in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this was in the works on Philly's side. But the Anaheim side, 
this kind of came as a surprise. Because the Ducks traded away Jamie Drysdale, number six overall pick in 2020. He has been injured the last couple of seasons. So I'll ask you this first. Why Jamie Drysdale? There's a logjam. You guys have too many good defenseman prospects. I mean, the list is absurd. First of all, Pavel Minchikov, ridiculous. Already one of the best rookies in the NHL. Um, Olin Zellweger, not really used to the best extent in in uh, in San Diego as uh, no. in San Diego as we were talking before, but um, overall fantastic skill set and should not be uh, in the AHL for long. He's going to be an NHLer and a very very good one. Um, yeah, and on top of that, the prospects you guys have added in recent years. I mean, Noah Warren is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, Rodwin Dionicho, I loved him last year, and I really thought an NHL team would pick him. He was passed over, drafted in the fifth round as an overager in the 2023 draft. Yeah. Amazing pick. That could be this a steal. Kid, this kid is a difference maker. He is really, really good. So in terms of choices, you guys are spoiled. So I, I don't think, you know, it, it was just a matter of time before someone left. Um, and in terms of what the Ducks could afford to lose and in terms of what the Flyers were likely to ask for, Jamie Drysdale was a good middle ground. They could have traded Minchikov. They could have traded Zellweger. Maybe could have dropped down the price of um, of return as well. Instead of giving a second round pick, it might have been just a one-for-one trade. Yeah. But I think the smart thing to do here was to get rid of Jamie Drysdale, mainly just because the injury history is concerning. Um, the performances in the NHL when he has been healthy have been very, very inconsistent. The numbers analytically aren't all there. And I know for a fact that the Anaheim Ducks scouting and development staff really hone in on analytics and their impact on the NHL. So mm-hmm. I think the it was in the cards for Drysdale. And I think a fresh start in Philly could really benefit him. And he fits, he fits really well on the right side. And on the right side... I mean, Noah Warren's in that conversation, but your your two big guns, Delweger and Minchikov, are, are left-handed, right? So, right. I think it's a good fit. I think on the right side, also, I think the reason why Jimmy Drysdale for Philadelphia is because yeah. on the other side, Philadelphia is struggling on that right side because yeah. their second defenseman, their second pairing defenseman, is Sean Walker. Sean Walker is a fine player. Don't get me wrong. I think Sean yeah. Walker has probably seen better days, and I hate saying that because I lo- I love the guy. Yeah. Um. But I think he could probably fit into that first or second line on defense right away where the right mm-hmm. side is super thin in Philadelphia yeah. right now. Yeah. And adding to that, their power play could be a little bit better. I've mm-hmm. even seen Cam York. Cam York dropped a couple of pucks on the blue line against that Pens game. Yeah. They need someone that can quarterback the power play effectively. And I think Jamie Drysdale does fit that bill. Now, not to say that Drysdale isn't good quarterback in the power play, because I think Minty has been better this season. Minty Kov is insanely good, and it's a broken record, but all y'all that texted me about Minty earlier this season, you know who you are. (laughs) You were wrong. (laughs) Absolutely. I remember being absolutely stumped when um, Denton Matejchuk was picked before Pavel Minchikov because I kept joking time and time again, but like with a, with a hint of seriousness, Pavel Minchikov is just Denton Matejchuk but tall. Like he's, that's he's bigger. That's, yeah, that's all. Like they're, they're the same player. I mean, I, I've seen. I can't count to the amount of times I saw um, Pavel Minchikov chase his own dumpins in the in the OHL. Like mm-hmm. he'll he'll dump a puck in and he'll just go and chase it and and forecheck and it's just he, he's that type of player. Um, hints of crazy, but the good kind. And he's, <laughs> not he's a, learned to not at first. 
Yeah. No, exactly. It took some time, and I feel like he's done a really good job of reining it in, and now he's become a seriously impactful player on a night-by-night mm-hmm. basis. He's been, you know, just, just the way that he prevents opponents from breaking the puck out just by his positioning and his decision of pinches which can seem a bit wild at first but once you hone in on what he's trying to do it becomes increasingly clear that he he knows what he's doing i said exactly um, those words last month by the way yeah, exactly <laughs> where he's taking too many risks he's still pinching where he shouldn't yeah and he still plays a little bit not erratically unexpectedly at times i think is the word to use here yeah because chaotic. yeah chaotic <laughs> but a better chaotic recently yeah hundred percent. It's a lot more decisive. And even having good plays where he's preventing cross ice passes, by the way, we've, I've seen that happen more than a handful of times over the past month or two where um, he's guarding that Royal road so much better now than he was before. hundred percent. Absolutely. And we haven't even gotten into the fact that Tristan Duno is looking really good as well. I mean, that's another player who yeah. uh, on the right side has made it really, really, I mean, it's, it's, it's sad to say, but he's made Drysdale expendable. These are players that are going to be playing NHL minutes, are going to be doing it really well. And yeah, I mean, when you have an embarrassment of riches like the Ducks have, especially on defense, you can afford to lose a guy like Drysdale to add a bona fide long-term top six forward in, in, in Cutter Goche. It just made sense for both sides here. And something that I didn't really talk about, but I was going to talk about it later this week on the halfway point for the Ducks, they're sellers. <laughs> in, in a sense, they are sellers right now because... They're third worst in the league. Yeah. I know the Ducks were expected to take a leap in the standings this season. It has not happened. Where mm-hmm. They're right there, unfortunately, with the Sharks, with the worst yeah. record in the league. So the Ducks need to make some moves. Oh yeah, And I feel sure. like this was a necessary move to make if they're going to move forward. Because this season, at this point, it's a loss. Yeah. You know, now you have to look for the next year and the following year to see where they go. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, obviously, they're going to have to sell some pieces. I don't think they're going to be selling the the key elements of their team. It's going to be, you know, if anyone's leaving, maybe Frank Vetrano, maybe, you know, some of those some of those middle six guys. Maybe not Frank. Yeah, I mean, I know you guys love Frank, but uh, the return you can get from right now it could benefit you long-term. And especially if you have your top six figured out with a bunch of prospects like the, like the, like the ducks do, I think it could, it, it would be realistic to see them pull the trigger on that. Kerry Turans, I'm a huge fan of him. Yeager mm-hmm. Sidorov, big fan of him as well. Um, Colson Petra is going to be climbing the ranks. I mean, they've got some decent pieces that they just picked up. And especially if you're going to ha- be having a top three, top four pick in this year's draft, more likely than not, you're going to be coming out of that with either a top six forward or a bona fide mm-hmm. top pair, or top three defenseman. Yeah. Because um, this, year, this year's draft is heavy on defense as well. So it, it would make sense, but I know how much Ducks fans love Vetrano. So maybe we back off that conversation. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's back off the Vetrano because there's a couple other players who I think actually will get traded. Yeah. But Absolutely. that's going to be another podcast for another day because I have a list a legit list of four guys that are probably going to get dealt at the deadline. Okay. But Vetrano's not on that list. (laughs) I will give one name on that list that I think is for sure going to get dealt. Adam Henrique. Oh, I would not be surprised. Did you notice that this whole time we did not mention Adam Henrique, who is top six right now? Yeah, it's it's because that's a that's a ship that's sinking and you have to There's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. Absolutely. In my head, I already think he's going to get dealt. Oh, yeah. That, that would make sense for sure. Well, we're 
we're we're good on time right now. But um, any final thoughts on this kind of stunning, you know, the the big first trade before the deadline? Yeah, I mean, no one expected this, and I think everyone is having a lot of fun with it online. Uh, and I'm sure Cutter Gochi's happy. Uh, and yeah, I mean. I wish nothing but the best to Draney Drysdale is going to be a great player in Philly. And especially if he can find his footing and, you know, get on top of, of his health and, and stay, stay healthy for his team. Both teams are going to be coming out of this major, major winners. It's a, it's a, it's one of those rare win-win trades. Yep. And to have a little bit of fun here, he gets to reunite with one of his favorite guys, Nick Delorier. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So Sorry. Um, hat trick maestro Nick Delorier. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> Offensive juggernaut Nick Delorier. That's still one of the stupidest games I've ever been to. Ever was yeah. was sitting up with uh, Nick Delorier still has the fastest hat trick in Ducks history. That's ridiculous. That's so dumb. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Hockey is literally the stupidest, but the best sport ever. It is. It really is. All right, uh, we gotta we gotta get out of here. But where can the fine folks, we're losing it here, where can the fine folks find you, your podcast, and where can they find all your work online? Yeah, so it, the one-stop shop is K underscore scouting on Twitter. It's right below my face if you're watching on on, uh, on YouTube. And uh, yeah, it's where I post everything. Uh, podcast episodes, articles, rankings, everything prospect-related I tweet about and, and, and put out on Twitter. Uh, if not, I've got a personal YouTube channel, Hattie Kalakesh, NHL Draft Scouting. Just look that up if you're watching on YouTube. You'll find it pretty quickly. And you can find the podcast, Locked on NHL Prospects, wherever you find this and wherever you're watching this. So keep a lookout for that. And you can find all of my stuff. Uh, first off, Locked on Anaheim Ducks. Just look for that on your little search engine. That's available on all platforms, free and available on all platforms, including Citrus, Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, not Smoke Signal, but also on AdFree on Amazon, also on YouTube. So subscribe to the YouTube channel, also SiriusXM. You can follow me on Twitter, or sorry, the site formerly known as Twitter, Komsa, at StimpyJD. <laughs> And the show's not Twitter is at LO underscore ducks. And you can drop me an email at locked on Anaheim ducks at gmail.com. And also a public address for the Coachella Valley Firebirds, where I say Firebirds goal. And also, I hadn't mentioned this because this news just came out. But speaking of prospects and speaking of guys in the AHL, um, I'll announce this here that Coachella Valley will be hosting the AHL All Star game next february so i i hope that you will consider coming out to palm desert to get away from the snow and the cold and check out all the prospects because there's always prospects at these all-star games for the ahl absolutely it'll be fun <laughs> you can play your golf game you don't play golf do you <laughs> i don't play golf no yeah <laughs> no i don't <laughs> get get your suntan on how's that Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, it, I'm in Montreal. You can imagine how we're how we're living here. So, yeah, everyone's <laughs> gonna want to come here. Everyone Absolutely. telling you. Once again, thank you all for your continued support. It is so greatly appreciated. For Hadi Kalakesh and myself, got it right. Um, this is Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Uh, wishing you a very good evening. A reminder to be safe out there. Be kind to one another. And ducks and baby ducks fly together. <laughs>